This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Siberia will release their new album, Seeds of Change, via Blacklight Media Records. Siberia craft intricate and involving instrumental rock opuses, and they have never sounded more assured than on Seeds of Change, following in the footsteps of Caspian, Mogwai, and Russian circles. Their instrumental works are complex, yet instantly accessible, weighty, gorgeously melodic, and always deep moving. Purchase your copy of Seeds of Change by Siberia now at blacklightmediarecords.com slash Siberia. Once again, Siberia, Seeds of Change. Purchase it now, blacklightmediarecords.com slash Siberia. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, everybody out there. It is I, your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn, you goddamn scallywag. And you can find me on... Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Mr. Han Comedy. And after a couple week hiatus, uh, it's me. It's Jocelyn Sharp. Hey! Uh, you freaking lovely people that are not scallywags. Mm. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. That's J O Z A L Y N. Sharp like a sharp knife. Awesome. And also always follow Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram, guys. And follow me if you're interested at Rise to Offend. Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. This week, what a fun chat. We go down rabbit holes. We have a great time. I finally get to talk to Corey Brandon of Norma Jean, a band that I am a huge fan of, guys. So happy I can promote their new record, All Hail, which is coming out October 25th. Take my word for it. Pre-order it, guys, and make sure you're checking tour dates as they are going to be t- going across North America with The Devil Wears Prada. But before that, big news happened, at least big news as far as like lists go. Metal Sucks did their list, guys, of the top 25 records from 2010 till 2019. So the top 25 records in essence of the last decade. And they asked all these industry people, including us three, who all added lists to this. And it concluded this week. So we are excited to go over that list. I think it's a pretty goddamn solid list in general. Um, But we will mention things that we might be like, eh, about as we go. So let's go through the top 25 of 2010 to 2019, according to the Metal Sucks uh, website, guys. So, starting at number 25, this album. And the cool thing about me... You're I, so cool. You're super cool. I mean, what, what's, wow. what's, what's awesome about me? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, PJ. Humble, Brad. It's so yeah. awesome. Pete smokes menthols and has got a leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a hickey from Kaniki, huh, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> I own 23 out of the 25 on this list. That made me feel good about myself. That's all I'm saying. I'm hey. Like, hey, so the industry folks somehow either convinced me to buy every one of these records saying they're really good in the last 10 years. Or you are the only industry folk. Mm, no, uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> I think a lot of people have this list. So let's start off at number 25, guys. Obviously, we talk about it all the time on the show. We've had Colt Luna on the show. We've had Julie Christmas on the show. Number 25 on the list was Julie Christmas. And Colt Luna's record, Mariner. Obviously, that was on our lists. 
great record. Number 24, do you guys have any beefs with that record on, on the list? I don't have any beefs with I that. I thought it'd be higher up, honestly. I, I think that record's phenomenal. So num- It talks shit about my mom, but I'm cool with it. Yeah, but y- your mom is a saint. Yeah, so that makes the record mm. not deserved to be on the list. That's damn- why it's 25 and not yeah, 24. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 24, trip to con. Eperestira de monos. Fuck them for that name, but whatever. That that record, fantastic. No problem with that whatsoever. I'm when not going to say gonna that d- again. <laughs> Demonis. I can tell you what's not going to make. Who's not going to make my list of best readers? I can tell you yeah. that, <laughs> bro. That's some. That's some. That's some like Latin. That come on. Who speaks Latin? Lots of people. Well, we just no, did. but stop it. They don't Priest? teach Latin anymore. <laughs> Carpe diem, son of a Exorcist. bitch. Fantastic record. I'm a bigger fan of the second trip to Con record, but that record's fantastic. No quarrels whatsoever. Number three was. Was on my list, was on your guys' Pig Destroyer's book burner. Fantastic record. Excellent all the way. Number 22, Yob, Clearing the Path to Ascend. Was a bigger fan of their newest record. Um, however, I get it. Not on my list, this one. Not on your guys' list. Number 21, The Black Dahlia Murder Ritual on my list. Fantastic record. That's the one I think that, uh, that a lot of people... At least for me, where I solidified the Black Dahlia murder being a very, very important and kind of like a leader. I think they're like icon band at this point. I think Ritual did that, though. We're like, you know what? These guys are fucking great. And then everything since has been equally as good. I know three generations of people that that listen to Black Dahlia murder. Like, that's for me is icon status. Number 20 on the list. And this one surprised me. Was not on any of our lists. But Mastodon's Once More Around the Sun. Now... If I had to pick a Mastodon record in the last decade, that's probably my favorite. Uh, most people I know liked Emperor of Sand, but what do you guys think? Well, it was actually on my list. It was number 15 oh, on my list. No, Mast- it was. You're right. Yes. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, I I just really want... When, when I listen to Mastodon, I just want to feel like I'm getting the shit beat out of me. And I feel like that... <laughs> wow. That is not that record. That is not that record at all. But I feel like this was a chance for me to experience a different side of a band I already loved. You I, know? I thought this record uh, in the Motherload video uh, was phenomenal because of all the twerking and the Game of Thrones oh. references. <laughs> but the kaleidoscope, <laughs> yeah, guitar solo. The video really stuck with me. Brandon had an Emperor of Sand on his list, so he liked Emperor of Sand more, obviously. But uh, this record, to me, I, I like it a lot. I but think that if I'm, I'm going to pe- lean with Brandon on thinking Emperor of Sand was better. What Look, do you think? What had the most twerking? Well, in the video, Motherload. Okay, was, Motherload, was that, was a good, that was a good video. That but was it was just a, a video. Good song, though, too. It wasn't a whole album. No. So it wasn't twerk worthy the whole album. Now, so this is a questionable one in our opinion. Once around the summer, I don't on think. The top so. I think that when you think of bands like this, and it's like something that you listen to over and over and over again, that it's it's albums like this that stick out in your head. There's also bands that are just gonna make best of lists because they're just critical darlings, and Mastodon's a critical darling type. So people are always gonna run to a lot of the bands on this list are yeah, Converge, Mastodon. Uh, I look at Mastodon. Know, a lot like, of these bands are just they're, anything they put out is critical darlings. Don't yeah. don't take this the wrong way, but Mastodon to me is like nerd metal to where it's like okay. No, no, no. What I mean by you that didn't have is to like, make eye contact with me when yeah, you said exactly. that. Exactly. Well, I just wanted to make sure <laughs> I, was, I was I was like you know like you metal, Josh, but. Uh, no, like uh, to me, to me, it's like they're nerd metal only because it's like they're very they're, all of them are very good at their instruments and they all try and shine at the same time. And sometimes it can get a little convoluted. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's all. Though. But I think, it, but that's, that's, that's early not, records. I think yeah, that the not, last three, they're not focused on hooks, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they have been in the last three. I mean, I think so. I think they've completely gone to radio rock friendly. Well, I don't want to say radio rock friendly, but they've completely gone to the the songwriting process of where they can get played on the radio across America. The last three records, not very much though. Yeah, not very much. Emperor Sand had one that you guys played, right? Yeah, I mean, but it was like briefly. Right. It's yeah. not. It, I mean, again, they don't have anything. That, they don't have anything that has. Like, yeah, they're not shine down. They're yeah. not. They're <laughs> but I'm just saying though, <laughs> they're not breaking Benjamin. I he, can that's tell what you, those bands didn't make anyone's list. Yeah. 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 No, they probably did it. Yeah, bands that make my pussy dry. <laughs> yeah. Bands that guys with trucks that don't have a primer paint on them drive. drive and listen I, to. Hey, I'm not talking shit about any of those bands, but those are the bands that play more. And I think Mastodon isn't obviously on that on that rail. But anyways, that was a. I, I was surprised when I saw that on the list, to be honest with you. But anyway, you're going to get grandfathered. I am not. I defend all my picks. I will you, you defend got, all my picks to the death. There's one pick that don't. Jo- lo- don't let's talk about no. it right now. <laughs> we didn't put our lists out there. But I think you guys would have no quarrels with our list. They're they're pretty 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 decent <laughs> records. On Jocelyn's list, she had, and I hate talking shit because Vinnie Paul is is great and we love him. But she had Hell Yeah Stampede in her top twenty five, mm. and that is if even if you're a Hell Yeah fan, that's mm. the garbage record of their catalog. Yeah. That's the one with Paul Ryder. Jocelyn has a humming, has a hummingbird feeder made of uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon cans. Listen, I am white <laughs> trash. I like I, albums that I feel like a whole like could just play all night at a strip I club. I like albums I could fuck a cousin to. Yes. <laughs> But Stampede, on any level, I think is considered a shitty record. Listen, I like it. I don't give a shit. I'm defending it to the death. It's the perfect record to blast out of your toy hauler fifth wheel while you're drinking brewskis by the lake. It's a perfect perfect album to punch your mom to on Thanksgiving. I'm not a strip club guy, but... Does any strippers come out to Pole Rider? Probably at Vinnie Paul strip clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am out of That would sure. probably be it. Because I've never heard it before until the record. Oh, dude, I, I, I remember just thinking. How that, does it go again, Pete? Because you were just doing a stunning oh, rendition off I, I remember Please it just goes, it, it goes, she's up, she's down, Pole Rider. It's, dude, it's something <laughs> like that, bro. It's so yeah. bad, dude. Pole Rider. It's that song where you're listening to, you're like, I hope nobody's in the car with me. So here's, <laughs> right? here's the it's thing with me. <laughs> Can anyone in other cars in traffic hear this? Um, yeah, I need to turn this down. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm going to blush. I have this like irony thing in my brain where I, I start to like albums and songs ironically, and then I get trapped into listening to them over and over, you know and what? then I genuinely like Sometimes them. I get like that too. <laughs> and then because it gets, I listen to It's called to a guilty them. pleasure. Yes. Yeah. But pull writers are your guilty pleasure? Yes. Okay. Is that all right? It's fine. <laughs> Am I allowed? It's fine. No. My, I, I'm putting but it But Jocelyn, the point is if I said the top 25 uh, <laughs> movies of the last 10 years, and you're like, oh boy, I really loved <laughs> Pixels movie, really had me. Go- listen, you asked me what mine Ooh, were. You're right. You're Pixels right. was I, bad. I accept that. No, we're talking bad in Adam's house. Anyways, so <laughs> moving on. People people who haven't read the site, make sure you guys go in and read everything they wrote about these records. But we're at number 19. I think there's a the next five is without question. People will be like, yeah, 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 yeah. At the Gates, number 19, war, At War With the Reality, when they came back, fantastic record. Next one, Mashuga Colossus. Obviously, another one of those bands where you're like, all right, let's just pick one and put it on the list because Meshuggah is one of the best metal bands out there. Gore Guts, Colored Sand, the comeback record, also all over it. Another band, Between the Bear to Mead, have to be on the list, right? Because they're one of the better bands in the metal. The one that's chosen is the Parallax 2 feature sequence, and that was number 16. Number 15, this was actually number one on my list, The Ocean Plagal. I think that record's phenomenal. 
You know, so I think it's a, a perfect record. And uh, in the accompanying article, a lot of people said their other records didn't live up to as good as that one is. And I do agree with that opinion, but I think their other records are really, really good. But I think that's a flawless record. As is, it is there one thing about that record that makes it stand out so much to you? Man, I just remember every time I listen to it, even to this day, there's there's certain records like when you go to Ride the Lightning and you're like, I can listen to this over and over and over and over again. It never dies. Master mm-hmm. Puppets, it never dies. The Polygula is like that with me. It's like I can just listen to it over and over. Mariner. Or Stampede. Yeah, exactly. It's Jocelyn's Pole Rider. <laughs> it makes me. Did you see the snob in me yeah, just come God. out? It's so bad. Man. It was like you just drank the, a cup of piss. I'm playing it at my wedding. When you sent me that <laughs> list, I, I didn't even want to type that in for Vincent Axel to see. I was like, they're going to fire us. I'm digging into the mud, you guys. I'm digging in. Heels. Heels in. in. <laughs> So all those records I own, the one I don't own is number 14. That's that's the debut record, or I don't know if it's debut, but Kevlatark, Kevlatark, that, that single record everybody loved in 2010. I never picked that up. So I don't know if that record's good, but that made number 14. I remember everybody talking about it. Number 13, I was surprised about, even though it's an excellent record, and that is Judas Priest's Firepower. Now... Made Brandon's list, so well, tell us. I mean, but you're Ron also Halford. a Judas Priest fan. I'm an girl. old school metal fan. I yeah. like that record. What school. made that one real special? I, okay, because it had the same elements of Judas Priest that we all love, but it was like more modernized. You know, it wasn't. I agree with you. Yeah, I think it's a great. record. That's what it was. Yeah. So it's just like it's got all that. It's got all the same shit that we all love Judas Priest for. But again, it just had more modernized guitar. It, was, it didn't sound like it was 1983 when I was listening Redeemer to it. of Souls. The one before that, I felt was equally as good. Just didn't get the same press coverage and i listened to them back to back and i'm like they're both excellent records but i don't see what separates the two but i guess the second half of firepower is special though man i think that's it sounds like an original thing from a band that's been around forever so and the fact that rob halford can't hit those notes like he used to and still we still love that band and we still like appreciate that band i think he sings to on firepower i think he sings to where he can't hit the notes live I don't think he tests it. No, to that's a point. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, but the, again, this he, is he, this isn't like seventies Rob Halford. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. isn't like seventies Rob Halford. Right. Nobody again, could ever is... say that it was like just the tricks or the notes or the singing because it, there's been loss of that. Well, and... yeah, and it's yeah, he's not going to hit those high notes. But what I like what Rob Halford has done is he's gone to the more sinister, the yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? growly like, yeah, stuff. Growly. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, pull rider. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> she's up she's down pull right up pull right up if i knew i would have got a clip of that fucking song people have heard it it's it's a horrible song of course you've heard the it. whole record's bad except for i mean there might be one or two tracks but that's a cheese dick Shh, fucking record you don't know anything. i don't want to talk about it look <laughs> number 13 was judas priest firepower number 12 is probably the only record i'm like come on why is this on the list and i don't want it's again the snob of me is coming out but metallica's hardwired to self-destruct why yeah that's a, would I that that's be grandfathered on the list? in it's grandfathered in because it's metallica yes yeah. this why. record is i'm really... not saying i agree with it but oh. i'm just saying like it's grandfathered here's why in. i fundamentally disagree with this sort of grandfathering is because unlike mastodon or even judas priest i can argue is a critical darling this particular album it was I mean, judas priest was this know. particular album uh, Metallica has a certain level to live up to and there's just so many notches like that away from it that you can go to and I just don't think that just because they're Metallica and they put this record out in this time span makes it one of the top 25 I think the reason why people love this great songs seven great songs on this record but I mean overall it's it's not better than Death Magnetic 
It's right. not even uh, to me. Agreed. It's not even close to death magnetic. And yet that one got shit on. And I keep hearing people talk about the mix and the songs and they're trying to be master of puppets. That's a much better record than hardwired, man. I agree. Hardwired's load part three to me. I mean, I know everyone's like, you love Stampede. Yeah, they just want to tossle your hair. Uh, way to go, kiddo. I, I can't wait to see the emails getting yelled at me because I know people love this record. But are you guys in agreement with me? I it's, agree. It didn't make any of our lists, obviously. No. But um, yeah, that's that. That was. I, I can understand why it's there. I don't believe it. It's almost be, this catch twenty two where my expectations for Metallica are so high that it's kind of to this point now where it's very difficult for them to meet them. See, I'm at this point where my my Metallica standards are very, very low. low. So yeah. if Same they come out with a record that it's got a couple of toe tap and ditties to it, then <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, way to go guys. You know, oh, I just ignore the records. I don't like like repentless made Jason's list, a Slayer record, mm-hmm. which I mean, I think is one of the, weaker Slayer records, but that, I feel the same way like you just mentioned. I'm like, this is good enough for me. I don't really care because yeah. yeah. it's Slayer, you know, um, without Dave Lombardo and uh, Jeff Hanneman. So it, it was just like, it was cool. I mean, obviously the title track was phenomenal. That was a great track, but the rest of the record of the reason like, I picked it. Yeah, I know. I know. People got to realize, Jocelyn is, is more of a song listener than an album listener. Yeah. So she's listened to that title track a million times. She's like, this is one of my favorite records. Listen. And that's fair. That's I listened to the, yeah, Jocelyn's idea of listening to the whole album is one song ten times in a if row. I go, <laughs> if I go through the whole album and it doesn't grab me, I'm sorry. I just don't go back to it. Number 11. You had to put a Converge record on here. All We Love, We Leave Behind is a phenomenal record. That totally deserves to be on the list. Number 10, same thing, the Dillinger Escape Plan. The album picked is One of Us is the Killer, which I picked. I think that record is great. Um, I know a lot of people... I saw when, when Disassociation came out, or Disassociative, fuck, I forgot the name of it, that a lot of people seem to like that one more. But no, One of Us is the Killer is, is, a, is a flawless record. That's number 10. Number 9, it's great to see this, this record on the list because this record was, I mean, excellent. It was just a year old. Rivers and Niles, Where Owls Know My Name. You keep hearing people talk about it. The more you listen to this record, the more it infects you. Fantastic album. I know when I talked to Vince Edwards of Metal Blade, he said that they had a recording of them playing it in entirety with the saxophone player live. I don't know if that recording is coming out anytime soon, but if there's an album to do that to, it's definitely this one. I know a lot of people love this record. Definitely deserves to be on the list. Number nine. Number eight is from Deaf Heaven, Sunbather. Without question... One of the most critically acclaimed records and influential records, I think, in the past 10 years of metal. So it definitely deserves to be on the list. And where they've gone since then, I think that band has totally earned its spot. Um, Sunbather, though, is the one that I think got a lot of people's attention. For me, the next two records are better. But again, uh, me, I'm a new Bermuda guy. But Sunbather definitely deserves to be on. Number seven, one I will argue. We all knew Baroness would make this list because they're one of the most critically acclaimed and just excellent metal bands out there. The Purple Album, to me, was so much better than Yellow and Green. Yellow and Green, as a matter of fact, is my least favorite Baroness record. Uh, Jocelyn, you put it on your list, so obviously you disagree. Yeah, I mean, I like... I mean, and I put this at the beginning of my list for Pete because I knew he was going to judge a lot of my picks. Mm, it's that, he's... like, I really... My love of metal is this, like, sound, like this space Viking opera thing where, like, if it sounds like there could be, like, this otherworldly battle happening to it, and there's all these, like just dark seedy feelings like very i can't think of the word like it's like a word that means haunting yeah. did but. you take edibles before the show yeah d- yeah 
Yeah. Because no. God damn. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you watch yeah. anime and took edibles. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, like, I like Fight Metal to be like the fifth element. <laughs> no. I know. Well, because I mean, like, I grew up loving Iron Maiden, which is right. like this very, like, you know. I see what you're you saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I very much like that. I'm, I'm a little bit goth. I like that dark creepy thing and i feel like there was a lot of like esoteric stuff in this and you album feel everything you're saying relates to baroness i feel like i feel like this was a, this was an album where they had like really haunting harmonies like that's the shit that i love is like haunting ass harmonies if it sounds like i'm gonna need an exorcism after i listen to this song i like that haunting shit. ass harmonies haunting ass harmonies. i think i think yellow and green has one great record in there i just i think the yellow side is very very good and i think the green side is a lot of throwaway tracks i feel it's their weakest record where Purple, I think, is almost a flawless record. I will argue that their latest record is uh, better than Yellow and Green. But I don't disagree, but yeah. I will say that for me, it's this is hard. There's bands like Baroness and other bands on my list that I have a difficult time like really choosing which album is the best because I love them so much. I, I literally cannot... I, it's they're all the same to me in my head like i just want to listen to them so and this is one of them so we get i get that baroness on the list should be on the list but the record choice is weird so the only argument i really have right now is hardwired to self-destruct and yellow and green next one i think it was a no-brainer power trips nightmare logic i i think everybody that listened to this record in the metal and hard rock world that kind of got it was like okay 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 like this it, it just brought that energy that youth that thrash that ugliness all together in kind of an original new way. And uh, Nightmare Logic is a special, special record. So I'm very happy that it made it on the list. The no, way you the way you did the okay, 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 okay. It, took, it, okay. it, it, it took, was like, that's like Pete having orgasm yeah. right there, right? It like, okay, 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 <laughs> okay. By the fourth listen, I remember like, I was like, oh, right, wait a second here. And again, I, I bought this when it originally came out. So the hype wasn't way behind it. I bought it like the day it came out. And then as time got on, it's like more people talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. So I remember revisiting it. And revisiting it, and then I got stuck on it, and I was like, "Wow, this record does have something going on for it." I really, I really like that. Uh, did the same thing happen with the when we talk about younger bands? Same thing happened with me with Code Orange, the latest knocked loose record. That was me. I like the first. I like. I liked the. Uh, was it Laughing Tracks? Their first one a lot. And it stuck with me, but the latest one. I mean, as a fan of, of the band The Warriors, I was a huge fan of The Warriors, um, and the guy's vocal sounds very similar to The Warriors, but I do think that they've done something really original on their latest record. Was it Different Shade of Blue or something like that? But the Power Trip record, these three bands I just mentioned, those are the guys that I'm like, okay, yeah, we're, metal, metal has a, a it can take over again. Yeah, yeah, it can take over again. So number five, don't own this record, and this is the snob in me, and you guys can talk shit all you want. This is the... The debut record from Ghost, Opus Eponymous. I, I, I've seen Ghost live so many times, and they're good, and I've seen them open for Maiden, and I've seen them open for whoever, and all through the years, but I, I, it's so hard for me to jump into a band that has this kind of gimmick. Now, I've heard this record. I listened to it twice, and I was just like, eh. And, and, I, and I, I didn't care. Here's why. So it's, maybe I need to revisit Ghost like for reals. And this is why it's on. And there was a lot of albums that made my list because of, I also took into account what happened during that album. Like, did these bands become, did this help them push them into the cultural zeitgeist? And I feel like oh, yeah, Ghost for, is for Ghost, it was a cultural revolution. Like, all of a sudden, 
everyone loved Ghost. Everyone right. was listening yeah. to Ghost. They were selling out a re- like this. I is- didn't like. I didn't. It was one of those things where I was like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> I mean, that no- really was how it was bad. He ignored him for years, and then all of a sudden, I think yeah. the latest record prequel came out, yeah. and he was like, "Whoa, this band's great." Well, like, also, Fuck. also, you no, went and saw them live, and that yeah. really changed I'm your mind. I'm telling you, yeah, watching them live and just watching how they get play. everything, they get everything so tight. I, I really appreciate watching that band. Well, as we can tell about your opinions about my list, yes. you're a lot more snobby than the rest of I, us. I like your list except for Stampede. I actually and I think yellow list, and green. I, I I look. I'm not against yellow and green. I just think purple's much better. Right, that's all. That's all. So I'm not. I'm not. What it is. The only. The only. Mm. The, the only. He doesn't like the variety. Yeah, pizza one he doesn't percenter. Want, he doesn't like the stretch. The, yeah. the only album I don't think should be on this list is Hardwired to Self Destruct. I'm being honest, and I'm not going to talk shit about the Ghost Record. I think that Ghost Record was very important. It's very important for the, our genre, our scene. I just feel like it brought metal it, back into like yeah. a, a different visibility than it's been in a while. And, yeah. and people might argue other bands have done that, but Ghost has done it in a way that needed to happen. Like made it, it made po- metal fun again. Yes. it really did. It's like because if you really think. About about it look at how much has changed in the last few years no mosh pits the aggression just isn't there for the audience because it's illegal there's lawsuits now so it's like yeah. there had to go there had to be a different direction and they just kind of took hold of it it made hard rock retro metal yeah. fun again yes yeah, yeah. So, and i agree with that and I, and I like i said every time i seen them live i completely thought they were a fantastic show like you said and then the top four guys let's break through them real quick i think very little people will argue with any of these bands being in the top four number four deftones diamond eyes of course i i prefer code no yokan i think that record was really really special but diamond eyes is a flawless record too deftones have gotten better and better and better and better that's with a age. hard record what record? diamond eyes yeah that's a good a one hard record yeah, that's a good i one, like yeah. that record a lot yeah that's number three number three or that's number four was deftones number three behemoth the satanist Flawless record. I think another one of those records that anybody, I mean, I saw Behemoth Live so many times during that cycle, and they played the majority of that record every time. Left me speechless, dude. So the Satanist is definitely, definitely worth the top five there. Number two on the list, same th- I can say the same thing about it as I did the Satanist, and that's Carcass's Surgical Steel. There is not a better comeback record in the history of metal, dude. Surgical Steel is flawless. That Carcass record, same thing. I can listen to it every day. I can go on a goddamn desert island with Surgical Steel and be like, I'm fine the rest of my life. It's a fucking perfect record. Just moshing with coconuts. Yeah, and uh, just, just yeah. me and Wilson, dude, and, and, and fucking Surgical Steel. Just we'll make, be fine. Just making all my joy, son. We'll be fine. And that's number two. And I, I, I again, I doubt anybody's complaining about these right here. And then number one, I'm going to complain a little bit. The snob in me is going to come out. Number one should be Gojira. Gojira has been the best metal band that's that's taken over, I think, in the last 10 years for sure. But Lion Fitz Savage is the perfect Gojira record. It's the flawless one. It's the one that they followed up the beast with and, and killed it. Number one on the list is Magma. Now, am I going to say Magma is not a good record? I am not going to say that. Magma is a great record. But Lion Fitz Savage, that's the one to me. So... Gojira, Magma is number one. And then When Metal Sucks did their reader's poll results, because everybody's obviously complaining like I'm doing right now. Again, Gojira, Magma was number one. So I will revisit, because I think uh, Gojira is an amazing band. Can I just defend Magma for a second? Yes, you can. Okay, so It was on your list, I know. Yeah, okay. And this is going to sound like such a girl thing, so please don't 
don't gender me first of all no i'm kidding um this song was like really inspired by like the death of their mom and i think it's like really emotional and beautiful Mm. and that's something that people don't often give metal credit for is being emotional and beautiful and and i i understand that and i felt that was transformative for me and this is gonna sound so emotional god i shouldn't have done yoga this morning i feel like it was very she like means <laughs> edibles yes. mushrooms um it, it made me love them in a way that uh, connect with that band in a way that i hadn't before just being honest that's just like me being transparent that's why it's on my list is like it really just made me feel like i got to know them in a different way it's it's kind of how i felt when i heard tupac's dear mama <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I love you for that. <laughs> the Gift of Guilt, there isn't a song on Magma that can even compare to The Gift of Guilt on Love and Savage. We're going song-wise. Yeah, There's not a I, song that can compare to I, that I, I get it. Um, I'm just defending why I love it. But yeah, dude, it's it's like it's like picking between favorite children. I get it. Gojira definitely deserves the number one spot. Uh, fantastic list overall. I think it's great. The one record that me and Brandon had really high up on our list, and I think Jocelyn had it too, was Anthrax's Worship Music. I really think that record That's should band. have been on there, man. Like, That's another make band it. where yeah. it's like they 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 brought back what we knew them for, but they still evolved. That was a you comeback know, record. Yeah. That was what's like everyone's album that didn't make the list that should have made the list. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people do. You know, a lot of the people that did the list they posted it on like um, their Facebook or something like that. Like Cat Cats posted her list on the Facebook. I saw that great list, but I. When I was thinking about it, I told you guys the same thing. I'm like, think about more of a universalist. Don't go too underground because you're not going to hit any of the numbers because you have to be a little more universal when it comes down to it. Um, because if you're going to do this list, you want you want your list to matter collectively, you know? Yeah. And so I was thinking like, all right, maybe I shouldn't put this on there or that on there because, you know, not a lot of people got to, to grasp it. Um, no, there's some bands on my list that are pretty underground yeah, that, yeah, that you don't did get it. a lot of shine. Well, a lot of, uh, we did it all, you know, I'd yeah. say, I mean, from all our lists, I think maybe five, six records from our list made it onto this list. Mm-hmm. Not, not a ton of our stuff because we were like, this record special to me, right. and we all did it to me and we were hoping to connect, but this is a universal type of thing. You can tell when you read it, like, okay, everybody knows these records. Everybody knows this. So great list, real fun poll. I'm glad Vincent Axel did it. Um, and I, you guys, like I said, if you guys don't like the lists, make sure you go out and spend some time with these records. Fantastic. Uh, the, you know what I would replace hard to self-destruct with? Norma Jean's wrongdoers. And oh, with that, yes, segue. Which, which made my fucking list, but didn't make theirs. Uh, let's jump into my fucking chat with Corey Brandon of Norma Jean. Everybody, what's going on? It's Patter with the Metal Sucks podcast. On the phone, I got Corey from Norma Jean. We are here to talk about the new record, All Hail. It's coming out October 25th. Corey, man, I got to tell you, I'm really excited about this record. Um, I was a big fan of the 100 Sun record that you did um, just a couple years back. And yeah. tell me about how uh, doing that project in any way, just taking a break, doing something different creatively, did that in any way influence maybe the, the voice of All Hail? I don't know. I think it's maybe, if anything, like similar era if you want to say it, because it, it, but I think the, any similarities for, um, like melodically are, are really just mainly that I'm singing over it and I can't sound any different, but the, the, the you know, the writing processes are, are to, processes are totally different. You know, I'm, I'm way more hands-on with Norma G and song structure and stuff. And really it's like organic 
kind of riding in a room. And with Hundred Sons, really, Chris is the brain, and he's sending, you know, like intro verse chorus, and I demo that, and then, you know, he'll kind of build the song, and I might have a few ideas, but ultimately for that band, I just get to be a vocalist, and that's one of the reasons I love tuning that project, because it's so much less stressful, I get to just do my instrument kind of thing. Norma Jean does have a pretty fluid kind of collective vibe, mm -hmm. as far as like, you know, how we've done things, it's really just been like friends in a room, and, and you know, if someone wants to like go off and, you know, start a family or something, it's like, okay, well, you know, we'll see you later, like, love you, dude, <laughs> you know, like, just support that guy, and then keep it going and that's kind of it kind of fell into that idea of just you know like let loose and people kind of come in and out and that's kind of what it is but um i don't know i i just i just love doing it and i'm i'm a lifer yes. you know so and that's that's all there is too it's like i uh i saw a clutch interview they did that they did this really cool documentary i don't know if you've seen it but and uh, I don't, one of the guys goes, I'm just going to do this until I get rich or die, <laughs> something like that. And I was like, that's the best quote. I'm going to get that tattooed on the neck. Um, still yet to do that. But I, I just, that's kind of how I feel about it. And I, I'm going to keep doing this and make music. And, uh, and I'm still having a blast doing it and feel really good about it. So I'm here. And dude, us fans, I mean, you guys have been so consistent, so amazing since we've been talking about it. Um, even before your time in the band, like Norma Jean, the, the label and the brand has always pushed boundaries and done something original and different, which I'm super excited always to get a record from you guys. Um, but with the writing process on All Hail, do you feel it was different or there was any challenges um, that we might not be aware of um, as fans? Yeah. <laughs> there was uh there was a lot i think for this album we we started out with with a seemingly kind of it would seem that to be a simple idea that the the album is kind of inspired by the fans and i mean it was fans that named the album that uh, i the story i tell is you know when i first the old interviews were always like hey well how did how did you think of the name Norma Jean? It's like, well, I wasn't there, but I do know the story. Um, it just got thrown around a little bit. Got said, said from stage one day, and that's the name of the band. And then, you know, later down the road, it, this the almighty thing got added, and we just, like, adopted it. And then the all hail thing, it was just, like, this fun kind of, like, nickname almost. So that's what this that title comes from. And so that was the inspiration. And then... You know, that seems really fun and everything, but um, there it was a song on the record that's about, you know, someone that was very close to us and that was a Norma Jean fan. And that, that kind of made it more real. And I think once that kind of hit us, like, oh, this this isn't just a cute thing, you know, this is that's a that's a real person that, that you know, we lost, you know, months ago, but Oh my gosh, it's almost been a year. I just realized, um, you know, and, and a lot of the stories were inspired by some fan stories that we've heard that would, some of them would give you chills. So it just, that, that was the stress of it. It's like, 
there came a point to some of the songs where it's like it's not going to be good enough for for what we're trying to say and what it is like i can't just like, i almost want to abandon it and, and start over because it it's like i don't want it to be like i'm profiting off off this this kind of thing i want it i want it to be inspiring and and not just like this you know sad story kind of thing so trying to find that balance i think made it a lot harder for us um, without, you know, messing it up. Now, the, it's an honorable thing, though. You're honoring this person that obviously was close to you guys, this fan. Now, can you share any of those moments with us? If not, if it's too personal, don't even worry about it. But is there any moment that maybe you can share that followed into a song? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I think, so the main, the, the main theme of the album is I always try to find a visual and then, and that there's a foundation. So now I have something to write lyrics around. So that kind of, the idea with that was um, a mirror, you know, these kind of two sides of things, but also um, a veil. And the, the last track on the album is called The Mirror is Like a Veil. It's very didactic. But uh, I think that's the foundation is finding ways to make that work, you know, visually or artistically or whatever. And so even the, the, the way the album's written is, this is important to tell, I think, because it starts with this kind of, I call it fictional reality. And then you go into the record and it kind of slowly kind of transitions into more real things. And that and ends with Anna, who is the really close friend and also fan that passed away last September. So, um, you know, naming it, that was the first song we wrote. And so it, ends with, it starts with this kind of fictional world and ends with something very, very real. And so that, that story is, is I think more meant to be interpreted. But, um, if I had to tell a story, <laughs> it would be this one. And this one is, it's, it, it freaks me out. But, um, I know any band, I mean, it doesn't matter what size your band is, you could probably ask them. I bet you've had people come up to you and say, hey, your music means a lot to me. And you know, some people will even say, like, your music saved my life. And it seems kind of exaggerated. And so you end up hearing it a kind of here, here, here and there kind of more than you would expect. And it kind of becomes this, oh, man, that's awesome, you know, then you hug or whatever. Well, that happened to me one time, and I, that kind of whole thing happened where I was just standing there at the merch table. This line was going by, and there's this guy standing there, and he's just waiting kind of for everyone to leave. You know, at one point I was like, hey, do you want to get something? I don't know. He's like, no, no, I'm just waiting. And, you know, it gets to the point where the bartenders are like, get the fuck out. Like, is that whole thing? Mm-hmm. Like, bar world um anyway everyone leaves and he says that to me he says your music saved my life and it kind of went in like oh you know that's 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 awesome it's crazy you know whatever hugs he's like no no seriously and continues to tell me that his his family was murdered and he was in the shower blasting oh god the aftermath and they you know they caught the guy and um, 
from what I understood, he said that he was too scared to go in there when this guy was in the shower. And he's alive, and he was happy. You know, he has a family and stuff, and, you know, a new life. But that that kind of stuff hit hit me pretty hard to kind of think, like, like I, maybe we're not the biggest fan in the world and we're never going to be. But this is important to somebody, you know. This is important to people like Anna. I mean, so I think when we think about writing from that perspective, it, it, it turns everything upside down in a way. Yeah, that's really powerful, man. Like that wall of sound stopped someone from, it made someone hesitate from taking mm-hmm. a life, you know? Like that's, that's pretty insane. And then that wall of sound was you guys, you know? Because um, I don't know the exact details, but that's what it kind of sounded like, is that there was a hesitation to be like, I don't know what's up behind this wall because of what was being heard. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, but what you said about the fictional reality, I guess the story of all hell, the fictional reality to real life, isn't that what we live as? Uh, yeah. As like like teenagers to adults even, or like anything that we ever, like from artists to art, isn't it, isn't it always like a fictional world until it's real life? Um, yeah. And I think that's a powerful lesson though, right? Yeah, the mirror. I, and and it, it's, it's, that's the kind of, that's where the foundation is. And mm-hmm. I, I, it's one of those things that uh, whatever, uh, just press month right now, like talking about it, like everyone's picked that out what you just said, like that kind of thing, like seeing that, seeing that foundation without me even having to explain that Mm. the real, where that is and the rabbit hole that I went into to make sure that it was, you know, um, you know, right, I guess. Um, and then, and then getting to a point where it was like, okay, time to abandon this and do it, you know? So yeah, it is, it's, it's powerful. But then at the end of the day, so like I, I'm thinking of all these like serious things, and you get to a point where it's like, wait, but is this record like fun to listen to? <laughs> you know, because it's still there's still entertainment to to be had. You know, there's still something to catch on to. It's not just like, you know, still got to write some sick riffs. But uh, that that's just another part of the mirror. You know, like finding finding the balance of those things. Yes, and, and it also depends, I guess, when we talk about that, when it gets to real, if if real at the end of the story was positive or it was cynical or because there's so many reels, you know, um, mm-hmm. with those moments. So, it, it, you know, that's kind of part of it, though. Like, did you feel overwhelmed with just the, the weight of death, the weight of, um, you know, being cynical when you don't want to be like a forced cynicism, which I think a lot of people feel. Did, did you feel like a lot of that as the, as, as the record kept going or did you feel hopeful? It was, it was the very stereotypical or like the, you know, the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. It was just that it was, that was a friend of mine that me and my wife were both really close to, you know, it was uh, her, her parents messaging us individually to, to let us know and I never talked to them before they just knew that that we were important to her and it, it you know at first it's like that was the first day that we were writing too that was the first day of writing for the album so right then and there I knew like I want to 
I want to, you know, dedicate a song to her is what I say. Because it's not like we're writing something very specific. It's still open to interpretation where anyone can kind of like grasp onto it. But it's inspired by that. And, you know, and then eventually, like you said, it becomes real. You know, like this, it hits you later like, oh, that, that did really happen. And now I have to figure out a way to make it, uh, you know, work with with that new realization. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's life, man. And there's fear in every mm-hmm. step of gr- or stage of grief. Like I know that everybody out there has dealt with, or, or not everybody, but the lucky ones haven't. But everybody will deal with tragedy in their life, and they will feel. And have moments where, you know, I always say tragedy changes you from one day to the next. Like the person you were the day before, then something real happens is never going to be the same person the day after. Um, It just changes you from the core, you know. And so a lot of times, I think with the, the stages of grief, while writing something creative or artistically going through them while creating it, I think that that makes it very genuine, and that's something that just timing is. I I, th- I believe in these little things, and I don't want to get too you know off on my own or off on any kind of tangent. But I believe that things happen for a reason for a voice to come out. Does that make sense? I I think you just nailed it, <laughs> and okay. like like that that was like I don't have anything to add to that because that that's it right there, and um, yeah. It's, you know, at the end of the day, it's still like, you know, that and, and that song was the hardest to finish. It was like, it took the longest to mix because it, it, it was it was never going to be good enough. Mm, yes. And so, yeah, like it, it just it it became like, like when when do I let that go? You know, <laughs> like that is. It, it was letting go. It felt like letting go her in a way, and that just it. It that I think it, that's when it really hit me the hardest, and I think um, the the record really, you know, it is a the whole thing like a trumpet blast to that last that last song. Um, but it starts, you know, in a cryptic way and ends with something just, you know, pretty. Uh, straightforward, you know. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking. I think isn't isn't life moments, man. Sometimes, like it, like I just think about that all the time. Like I look back and it's like, yeah, I've got the thirty something years on me, but like it's just the moment that mm-hmm. remains. Like all those little moments with people or things and memories, they you know they change as you get older and and all that stuff. So there's such a, a hard line truth to a memory. Let's just say. But there's something about a, mo- a moment to be like, oh, yeah, I remember walking into that room. Well, nothing significant happened, but that moment did something, you know? When I was telling that story a second ago about um, the, the dude I met, mm-hmm. you know, listening to the aftermath and like taking a shower, like, I haven't told that story, by the way, like, especially like on a podcast or anything like that. It's like, it's something we know. And so it, but. I I might have told it wrong, you know. I might mm-hmm. have I might have messed up some details, but it's not the details. It it is the it is the moment. It's the thing that happened and the, what that caused, the catalyst of it. So, 
Yes. It, it, and now it's and now it's inspiration instead of you know tragedy. Exactly. It doesn't have to be the video camera that we have to to say this is how it happened. It's just the moment that lives with it. Exactly. Because so many moments go by and we never think of them again, you know, in our lives. And the ones that we do think about, they, you know, they, they have a special power and there's a timing to it, you know, a quick story. I mean, I'll share it with you. And then, I mean, I'll say if I cut it out, but like, I just had my baby uh, born. Um, It was July, July 19th. Thank you so much. And I lost my father. He took his life years ago and Mm -hmm. it was on July 19th that he took his life. It was a Friday, uh, same like my, the birth of my son. And it was just like this crazy thing to be like 16 years later, somehow this landed on the same day that that happened, you know? And now I have a new moment on that day instead of remembering the old one, if that makes sense. And so it it took me to this weird, I mean, like I said, it's almost like the spiritual place to be like, you just have to keep moving and, and, and moments will, you know, take over, you know, moments have you as much as you have them, I guess, in a way. And, uh, everything kind of can be mathematically put together in my mind as like, wow. And not just coincidence. Is that, is that, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I would just say that I don't think coincidences are real. Yes. uh, Coincidence actually, um, means to coincide, means to line up. And that's really where, that's like the root of the word. So it's like, yeah, I guess it's coincidental, but it's also kind of meant to be, I guess. Mm, yes. <laughs> uh, but um, it, it, it reminds me of uh, our old guitarist, his birthday was on 9-11. And like mm. right around that time, you know, when, when 9-11 happened you just say the date happened it's weird um he would be really bummed about it and i was like no like if anything we have a reason to replace that you know with something good so we can celebrate something on that day and that's a we get to change the meaning and change the feeling of the day so coincidental or not like you get to do that where you know maybe other other people in his life don't get to as much and it's, or, or they do because you, because they're with you, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, that's, I don't know. I think that's beautiful. So I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's how I feel. And that's the thing is that I do feel when we talk about the back to the, you know, the, the concept of fictional reality to real, mm-hmm. I feel real as crazy as it sounds is still going to have a, a bit of, fictional almost unreal kind of thing yes like okay well that sounds like it was written in a play that sounds like it was written by an artist that sounds like it was written in a book but it's real and and uh and i think those moments are what keeps you from having cynicism or anything really negative those moments overwhelm the positive in a way because there's always a reminder to be like ah i know this is a horrible and tragic day but check this out now let me throw this at you yeah way to go way to go way to not let me go down that way yeah dude so um yeah you really have to perpetuate uh uh, you know being negative on that on that kind of stuff and if anything you know you know you're you're in a creative world you know i 
So when you started talking this podcast, I was like, well, you just went right into that. Like, I would stutter my way into that. <laughs> you know, into a podcast. I guess there's experience that comes with that, too. But, you know, there's, there's a creative thing there, and there's an inspiration that goes with it. And you, you get to – there's an outlet. So, I you know, I have that with music. And, um, you know, it, it, it was in a play for sure because somebody was inspired by something very similar. And those stories are – are all over the place and it's definitely like uh, I write from that perspective and I don't it's not hard it's harder in a different way but it's you'll never have a writer's block because you're you're writing from you're matching emotion with a sound you're translating something you know yeah there's yeah I want to write sick riffs but I also want them to fit the the emotion of, of the part and or tell tell a story in a audible way you know even before lyrics you know before whatever content is there yeah. so there's 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 there, it, turning something like you can you can perpetuate yourself into a negative world or you could you know push out um something inspiring and make it good and that's the best way to live. And let's be honest, we learn more from art than we do from history as humans, right? I mean, we learn more. Agreed. Yes, dude. <laughs> and I've, I've had that conversation where like, well, that's not real. I, everything, no matter how, it's not maybe told in a linear history book type of way, but that's real, you know? And you can take it out of there and you can misinterpret it, put it to yourself, and it's real. So that's, that's where I always have the fictional versus real argument in my mind. I'm like, you know what, if I, if I consume my life with loving art, other people's art, creation, movies, films, all that stuff, I feel like my life has more meaning than if I'm consumed with football or you know basketball. Even though I enjoy sports, I'm not talking shit, but that is yeah. a definitive reel of seeing what happens in that moment and it never changes. We're listening to super unknown by Soundgarden when I was 14 and today Hell yeah. so much changes right you know yeah. and that's and that's I, I think uh, uh, not to like because we're still topical yes with with you know the album and stuff but there there's a a lyric that's on the album that's, history is unpredictable the future that is absolute and that's exactly like you're saying that's exactly what you're explaining right now that I've that's one of the rabbit hole things of, of, of this whole idea. And like, I don't know, I don't understand it all. I don't, I don't, I don't have answers for everything, but I know this kind of stuff is, is there and lingering in, in a way. And there's something to get out of that. To me, it's like a re- fictional real. There's something about that. There's, yes. There's, I say that a couple of times in, 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 on the record. And it's like, I still don't get it. But I know it's something, dude. I I think it to me it's it's a belief system. Fine, call it a religion or what you will. But if I say my religion is heavy metal and art and films like that, and I say that it's always led me to see the wrong and then the morally right, you know, or something like that. If I said that and I I've led my life in a positive way, and I say, yeah, in essence, my religion has been my records and my books and my movies and, you know, whatever the case may be, people yeah. say, well, that's all fake. And it's like, I, I, that's where I'm like, I completely disagree. I see what you're saying, but 
And then there is, I'm sure there's art form out there that's just completely fake, but I don't buy into it. You know, like at least yeah. I don't feel that way. I, I need genuine. I need real. And then uh, as an artist, if it comes off, like you're saying, all hail and the record, we might not have the same meaning, but what your emotions are, are real. And however I take it, the connections made, you know? Yeah. And it's that, subjective. Exactly. And it's like, it's, and that's why I like to write. It's like, I can tell you a story about Anna and I could tell you a story of, of something else that, you know, that's maybe on the album or on a or on something I've done, but really it's, it's more inspired by it. Cause I like, I want it to, I don't want it to be so definite or, or, um, currently topical so that it, it doesn't, you know, it means nothing in like five years because, that's not a thing anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, yeah, but I always say like music was my, is my first love. And so there's like a, there's like kind of a, yeah. So there's a religious aspect to it. Um, there's a, that's where, I, that's like where I feel most comfortable in, you know, like the, the dirty rock club in Hamburg, Germany, right smack in the middle of, the red light district and I'm walking down the street and I'm like, this is just entertainment Boulevard. Like we do a different kind of entertainment in here, but we're still the entertainment for the evening. You know, it's like they're doing something different over there, but like it's that's, this is, these are my people in a way. And this is where I, I kind of belong more than, you know, the, the more sterile environment, mm-hmm. you know, at church or something like that. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's somebody's got to be there, so might as well be us. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of good morals in the gutter. Just because people look at us a certain way doesn't mean that you know we're not stronger and smarter and, and better at a lot of things in life. Um, just because, like I said, we're attracted to. I guess gutter might be too strong of a word, but <laughs> I just always think Gut, of, gutter rule. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's a little intense of a word, you know. Like I'm trying not to use the alarmist type words. But, um, yeah, dude, yeah. absolutely. And that's, it's like, it's where you're comfortable. I always tell people, man, like, that's the great thing about a country like America is like, I know that we all want to be fitting in together and all that yeah. stuff, but I can guarantee you one thing. I can guarantee you, you will find some place you do fit in. You just have to go there sometimes. It's not going to be around the corner and you'll find people and everybody that accepts you and acceptance is love. That's what I've always felt is like, Hey, you accept me. Now I feel love, you know? Yeah. And across totally. America, like I said, it, you might not be born in the town or the place where you feel it, but I guarantee you it's out there for whatever you're into you or anything. Yeah. Else. Like I said, it, it, you have really have to perpetuate mm-hmm. um, like a disagreement because you could, you know, I'm sure I could find, you know, walk to my neighbor's house or whoever around here and like immediately just say the thing that they don't like and like, now we're gonna. Now we hate each other because of this one thing, and where well, there's like five thousand things that we probably could have talked about and and have a lot in common with. So, you know, that's that's kind of the thing. And you, know, you say like you were talking about the word gutter. It's like, well, intention is important too because you know a word by itself can't mean something. It can have a definition, so it's useful in a, in a certain place, but. It also the the way it's intended 
its intended use is also important. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's a big difference between, you know, that fucking rules or fuck you. There's a totally different uh, meaning or intention behind those things. So you have to look for those things and you have to put them there. That's the perpetuated thing that happens. You're forcing it out instead of, um, you know, just I, I find too in those places that people are t- typically pretty quiet because they're scoping you to see like what you're going to do first. And it's smart. It's a smart world. And, and it really, it's like still waters run deep. We're headphone people, right? Want, well, yeah. I, I just want to walk into any place with headphones on and then I'll, I'll pause the record when I need to talk to someone. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things, but I do like, and, and to go back to the lyric thing, cause I did want to bring that up is that I do like the fact, like you said, when you leave them kind of open to interpretation and you know, the emotion and, and the genuine side is real. When you wrote something for like redeemer or anti-mother, you can look back on it today and have a completely different meaning. And you're the creator. Is that true? Dude, nail on, like, hammer on the nail. Mm. That actually happened with, we did the Redeemer, um, like, 10-year mm-hmm. tour last year. It was the only tour that we did the whole year. And there was a song that I was kind of having trouble with. I was like, this is kind of a popular, like, part, popular lyric or whatever. And it had a meaning, and I kind of can't remember what it is, but it doesn't feel right. And so I was kind of talking it out a lot. And I was like, even kind of experimenting, like, I'm going to say some stuff about songs, see what happens. I was actually turned out to be really bad at it. But it, it was, uh, I, I, ch- I changed the meaning and I realized what it, it, it I would say that the song tells you what it's about, you know, and that's another no writer's block thing because you can just write down whatever and it's better to, you do everything backwards, like, write it down and then apply meaning to it instead of, um, or it applies meaning to itself in a way. Yeah. Like putting together a puzzle, you don't know what it's going to be. If you don't have like the cover, like the the box or whatever, you just start putting pieces together and then, oh, I see what this is going to be now. And then boom, you start, you start slapping stuff in. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that, uh, it's that history is unpredictable thing. Yes. And, it it works too. It, it, everything's backwards. Every, like we are the other side of the mirror, I think, in a way. And I think um, not to get like too rabbit hole, but screw it. Um, yeah, I think we're in a place where we're kind of. Uh, I see people picking up on this, and I even met a guy. I met this rapper dude at a bar just two weeks ago. And he was telling me about his record, and he said that he was writing it about a mirror, and he had two albums. And he was blowing my mind because he was writing literally about the same thing as me. I didn't. I did an interview last week where I didn't even tell any of the themes at all yet, and she picked up on it, you know. And I've, I've seen this kind of happening. It's like, if anything, we're we are topical um, in a current, you know, with with a current state of mine, I guess, but it's, it is still being interpreted many different ways and people are it's already on board with it. Like it's not new necessarily. They're like, Oh, I discovered something that's, it's more that it, 
or or no, it's not that it was all. It, it is more discovery in that way. You know, like you you discover math. It's not the math is already there. You have to find it, kind of thing. The meaning after you go through certain stages and you revisit the meanings, all 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 adapt to it. That's that's a connection that I think I I do believe in that energy and that connection that we all have. Like if you. Like I've talked about, I have the baby. If I, if I pick that baby up when he's crying and I'm frustrated, he's not going to stop crying. But I'll tell you right now, if I'm calm and collective and I pick him up, he knows he's like in a space that's like mm. good to go. And yep. <laughs> I feel like that's music for me. You know, it's, yeah, like, like you said, when you, you perpetuate the emotions outward that you want inward, you know, and if you go at it a certain, and, I, and that's what, I mean, my ears are such an amazing sense and that's what music is um, to me and, and film and things like that and, or in books and arts, as we talked about paintings, whatever um, it's, it's, I, I perpetuate what I want from something sometimes and I won't get it, but there's times it hits me and you're like, holy shit, you know, I was just yeah. in the wrong mood, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> And it's, yeah, it's crazy. Totally. The great thing about our connection, you know, like as a fan, I'm a fan and the artist, man. I mean, I, I get so lucky to, to talk to you guys. It's unreal. I, I, I pinch myself and the amount of work that goes behind it. I'm like, who cares? Mm. Like you said, lifer, man, I'll do it forever. It's good content. It's like, this, this is the coolest conversation I've had. I get, like to just talk about the, you know, and a lot of these conversations too that that are like this, I, it, there is discovery with it. Um, where it's like now, I can go and talk about it some more and have a lot more perspective on it because yes. I've, I've heard other perspectives and other other inspirations from from something you know almost minimalist. Um, so yeah, on the on the other side of of that, like. I, I don't think you can always just say like, yeah, man, just be positive because Mm-mm. Mm-mm. sometimes um, the like telling the truth doesn't sound very positive. And, and I know as a parent, like that's something that I, I have to do, you know, all the time. But like, if I just be positive, I'm going to spoil this kid. He's going to like grow up and mug somebody. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's like, there, he needs discipline and he needs to be told the truth. So sometimes, uh, I, if anything, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not always just giving it to him right away. It's like, I'm being very gentle with you kind of thing. And, uh, but eventually it, it's got to come out. But that all, that is on the mirror side of things, being positive because it's necessary and important. Yes, yeah, absolutely, man. As is being confrontational, which uh, unfortunately we sometimes have to do. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. the older you get, like you realize most of the time you don't. And that's the great part. <laughs> most of the time it's like, hey, fair enough. Let's go away. It's not necessary. But I know that. Yeah, I think it's more just not stepping in the trap of yeah. of allowing yourself to, to feel like you or, you know, there's, like, been an offense, you know, like, mm-hmm. typically I deal with that by just kind of going with it, like, sure, man, like, whatever, it, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, there's a boundary there, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm not letting that, 
not there's not just physical boundaries. There's emotional and mental, um, and I think spiritual too. So, the, you know, the, I'm going to protect all of those, not just you know one or two that I think are more important necessarily. Absolutely, man. So, dude, I went over on my time. Uh, I'm so glad that the conversation went good, and I'm excited for you to take this energy, whatever we have, to the next guy or next gal, whoever you talk to. Um, and yeah, man, it's 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 great to to be a part of just promoting the new record, All Hail Norma Jean, and what you're doing because it's been such an important part of my life for man, I can't tell you, so many years now. And, uh, dude, with that, man, I just want to thank you so much for giving us the time and calling in to the Metal Sucks podcast. You know, thank you so much for having me, man. This, this is a, a, a great time, and um, looking forward to future rabbit holes and conversations. So thanks for having me, man. really appreciate it. Go!
Metal Sucks Podcast. It's like I said, you won't believe what I've done, you won't believe what I've done, you won't fail if I tell the black dust, into the chest, you take it and left in the world, if you tell your brothers on yourself, your brothers on yourself, bring me the face, that already consumed, the battle's rejected, I can't bring nothing new,
are back, guy. First song you heard is called Safety Last. It is off the new record, All Hail. It's coming out October 25th. Second song you heard, also off of All Hail. That song is called Landslide Defeater. Make sure you guys are pre-ordering this record, All Hail. It's excellent. If you guys have even the last three records, Wrongdoers, Polar Similar, All Hail. Guys, this trilogy is next level stuff so happy so excellent so make sure you guys are checking out the latest norman jean record and the tour in north america last song you played we like to play new songs for you guys on occasion that is from a band called infected rain track is called black gold and their new album endorphin is out right now it just came out this past friday guys so make sure if you checked out like that song to check out this band check out this record with that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews. We just got a really cool review from so Nate Harold. Thank you, Harold, for listening and for that review. Really cool review, man. Five-star reviews is all we ask for as a podcast on this platform, guys. If you guys can go to Apple iTunes, give us a five-star review. It's just a click. It means the world to us. And also, I want to thank everybody out there for growing our other documentary podcast, Rise to Offend. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that, writing into us, all that stuff. You guys mean the world to us. We really appreciate it. So until next week, friends. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.